Hey there, saints. This is Steve. Welcome to Last Days. You know, it says in Proverbs that where there is no vision, the people perish or they cast off restraint. What does that mean? It means without vision, you have nothing to control you, nothing to govern you, nothing to restrain you. And as believers, we're under a vision, but we need to allow it to govern us. I mean, all throughout the Bible, Men and women in the Bible have been put under a vision. Um, Noah was put under a vision to build the ark. Enoch was under a vision to walk with God. Uh, Whatever he saw, it made him walk with God for 365 years, 24 hours a day, and God took him. Uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob were under a vision to, to go to the land of Canaan. Joseph was under a vision to stay in Egypt and, 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 and save the world, um, the, the kings of the Bible, like David and Solomon, were under a vision to build the temple, to, to put it in the city, and to worship God there. Uh, at the end of the Old Testament, the prophets, they were under a vision to encourage them to get back, get back to the land, get back and rebuild the temple. Jesus was under a vision in going to the cross. It controlled him. It constrained him. And the apostles were under a vision in the Bible. Peter, James... Uh, Paul were under revelation and what they saw, what was revealed to them, controlled them and guided them in their life. We too, in these last days, we need to be under revelation so much that it guides us, that it controls us and that it restrains us. Well, what is that vision? Well, I, I have to tell you, that there's no new revelation. There's no new major vision that God is going to give us. Our revelation, I mean, he may show us things in his word to guide us individually to do specific things, but for the church, for guiding his people, until the day he comes, I have no prophetic word for you. The vision that we should be under in these last days is the identical vision that God gave the apostles. That is sufficient. And we want to look at something about what God revealed to the apostles. Of course, Paul wrote one-third of the New Testament and the epistles. He has a lot to say about this vision. He calls it a mystery sometimes. But the simplest explanation of it is in the book of Acts when his name was Saul. And when he was Saul, we find out that he was not serving God. Matter of fact, he was destroying, trying to destroy the church. It says that he held the robes of those and he gave the nod, I believe, to to stone or kill Stephen. He sat there and listened to Stephen's message and the Bible says he just refused it. It incensed him. It made him angry. And he was going under the order of the chief priest and dragging Christians out of their home. And he was persecuting them. He got word that there were some some Christians who had fled to Damascus. And he was going to go out there, go, go there and snuff out this Christian mindset, these followers of Jesus Christ. But on the way to Damascus, he got revelation. He got interrupted by God. And what he got that day 
is what guided his ministry. It says there in Acts chapter 9 that he, he and his little army were just blinded by a, a bright light. It was the light of Christ himself. They didn't know this. Saul didn't know it. But Saul was the only one that heard who this was. This voice said, Saul, Saul. He said two things to Saul. Why are you kicking against the goad? A goad is something you use with a sharp point on the end of it to to, to move an animal along. You you poke them in the behind and it, it guides them. Now, animals learn to listen to this, but Saul wasn't listening to God's goads to the goads of Jesus. And what were they? I believe when he was killing Stephen that his heart was convicted and he kicked at God's proddings. I believe when he, every time he dragged a woman out of a house and she whimpered but called on the name of Jesus that Saul was convicted, but he kicked at the stick on the way to Damascus, something in him otherwise was saying, don't go that way. But Saul kicked at it. He wouldn't listen. Now, I have animals. And, and even dumb animals learn to listen to goadings, to proddings. I, I just, today, I just, I just pick up a, my round pin whip in working a horse, and boy, they, they start listening. I'm sitting on the back of the horse, and I just touch them with a spur. I don't have to kick them. They move. I just make noises sometimes. I'll go, and, and they'll shift into another gear. The least amount of pressure is what you want out of an animal to get them to do what you want them to do. And that's what God wants from us. That's what he was trying to get Saul to do, but Saul wouldn't listen. I tell you, when you're under vision, God is able to speak to you and apply very little pressure because you see what God sees and then you listen. So Jesus revealed something to Saul that day. What else did he say? Saul, Saul, not only why are you kicking against the pressure, but why are you persecuting me? He said it twice. Saul said, who are you, Lord? And Saul, Jesus said, I am Jesus. And I say again, why are you persecuting me? I would have said, when, when did I persecute you? That's the revelation. When you touch Stephen, you're touching me. When you drag those men and women out of their homes, you're touching me. When you're headed up to, to Damascus to drag people out of their home and throw them in prison, you're touching me. Jesus said, when you touch the church, you're touching me. That's just not an example or by proxy. No. Paul saw that the church is Jesus and Jesus is the church. This is the revelation that altered Paul's life and changed his name to Paul. Not only did he go and share the light of the gospel to the Gentiles, 
But once they were saved, he enlightened their hearts as the church to see what the church is. This isn't just some other religious group. This is the body of Jesus Christ. And it controlled him. And he urged the church to get a hold of this vision so that it would alter their lives in these last days. It isn't some new prophetic revelation that we need about his coming. We need to see the identical things that the apostles saw. And this is the simplest. And, it, and, it, and I'll tell you what the test is of whether or not you see this vision. You may hear it with your ears, but do you see it? I'll tell you what the, the test is. Is it governing your life? Is it restraining you? Is it controlling you? We need to be controlled by the things that are on God's heart, the major things. And the major thing that's on his heart is to see this mystery, that the church is the Lord Jesus Christ. It is his body. We are his members. And I tell you, when you really see this, it begins to restrain what you say. It governs your love. It, 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 it controls the atmosphere around you in everything you do. And Paul's prayer was that this is what the believers would see in all the churches. Paul shared this story a couple of times in Acts chapter 22. And then at the end of his life there with Agrippa, before he went to Rome, he, he shared this with Agrippa. You know what he said to Agrippa? He said, oh, King Agrippa, I want you to know, I have not been disobedient to this heavenly vision. So in these last days, brothers and sisters, not only do you need to see the things that are on the heart of God, the, the revelation, the vision of the apostles about the church and about Christ, but we need to be governed by them, controlled by them. May it restrain our thoughts, our words because of what we see so that we can say with Paul, I have not been disobedient to the heavenly vision. Amen. We're going to look at this more in more detail and more specifics in some passages from Paul in the future. So stay tuned. Amen. Mm-hmm.